Gum Pie, Big Gun Brian Petrie, giving out the lot. One is mortal, you know it won't miss. Gonna take a shot. Dog lot, that's the underdog. Yeah, they in the hunt. Send them home, that's KO or submission. Get somebody done. Slime ball, yeah, that's the parlay. We gon' make it known. Pick em pie from MMA takes. Yeah, let's get it going. Hey, 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 hey. It feels like it's been a while. Probably because it's been a while. We got to pick them. We were off last week. We're a little bit hot, boys. Um, I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. Was good doing Allen, Brendan Allen, uh, Paul Krieg recap because your boy did done did good. Three slime ball weeks in a row. Two weeks back to back. Hit all three of my locks. Was heating up. Was heating up. Hit Brendan Allen five even play on Brendan Allen. Woo! Second biggest bet of my career. Woo! Uh, well, I mean, it's not, not the second biggest win, second biggest money line bet. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had a good night, but it, that feels like a million years ago. Cause your boy didn't do a recap show. And then you're wondering, you're probably like, Hey, BB, you sent out a question. Ask me anything and nothing's off limits. And we showed up, we showed out and asked you questions. Where the fuck was that at? Let's go do a Wednesday takes. Remember that fucking show? Let's go do a Wednesday takes. And, um, Here's what happened, okay? Um, I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know I get roasted in comments. People say, oh, it's not a good look to do. I'm, I'm an honest guy. And this is going to be a very honest, because a lot of talk about. You've probably seen the how long it is. You're like, oh, man, BP rambled on along these fights. No, no, we ramble on about stuff, uh, other stuff. I got a lot to say. Um, so this could be the TMI episode. So if you're, you feel uncomfortable about vulnerability and tmi you better you better skip the doubt um but no listen wife had surgery but let's take it all the way back wife had surgery i was off for three weeks i had a week of halloween week off for my vacation i get five paid vacations a year after that i had two week leave to take care of my wife my wife's surgery was beginning of november i never missed in the 17 years i've been at my job i have never missed three weeks in a row I rarely take two weeks back to back with vacations. I'm, you know, I'm able to, and I've only done that if we like, if we're going to the beach or something like that. But rarely do I. I like to spread them out, so I've never missed three weeks in the 17 years I've been there. It was a unique feeling. First week, Halloween week, no surgery, great, hanging out with the kids, whatever. That surgery week was rough. You know, I already talked to you guys about that. Your boy is doing a lot, cooking, cleaning, taking kids, taking care of six gig, changing catheters, wiping people's asses. You know, I'm doing it all right. That second week, the third total week of my wife's recovery, she was doing great. She started taking the kid to school. She started taking my little one to school, and she was being more active and mobile and didn't need me as much. But I, I was off work, and I was going to go back on Wednesday. I called my guy up, who the company that handles the uh, the leave of absence, and he goes, listen, take the, take the rest of the week. I've seen this before. People rush back to work because I had up to six weeks. I only wanted to take two. It's like I've seen this before. Don't rush back to work because something could happen and then you're going to take a leave again. We got to start this process all over again. Just take the week. Glad he said that because my dog got sick, right? So wife's doing okay. Dog's doing okay. He was shitting diarrhea and blood. He ate something bad, whatever. We cleaned it up on his belly. But uh, dog's doing good. Wife's doing good. But that week, your boy was like stir crazy. So I, I'm not the most, I mean, look at me, right? I mean, I'm not the most active guy in the world. Uh, I do consider myself lazy. My, whenever I call myself lazy, my wife disagrees with me. If I get going, I'm like a train, right? If I get going doing something, I don't stop until it's done, right? That's just the way I am. But if I don't start, 
I like to lay on the couch, watch TV, watch fights, watch football. You know, that's what I like to do. A comfy couch and a TV is something that I like. I enjoy. Um, But the week that I wasn't at work, I was just, just, I didn't know what to do, right? Wife's okay now, right? I don't need to take care of her five seconds. She got the catheter out. So I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? You know, I got to find something to do, right? Should I work out? Sure. Could have, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. But I just start going, you know what? I'm going to start fixing everything around this fucking house. That's just been, we have no major fixes, but I'm like, just everything that I wanted to do over the past, whatever, and just going, it's one of those honey to do lists. Eh, I'll get around to it. Right. First thing first, change the faucet of our kitchen. It was leaking just a little bit. Swap that out. First things first, swap that out. Right. Tiles in the bathroom are a little misshapen, a little, you know, coming up from whatever, because wear and tear Well, fix the tile. Right. Oh, what's that? We need a new front door. Can't afford one right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to paint it, but we need to change the handle. Change the handle. Stand at the door. Got to wait for paint. (laughs) Backsliding door. The handle's been broke for years. I looked it up. It was a little complicated for my dumb brain to do. The track's all dirty. It's hard to open to let the dog out. Fix the track. Fix the handle. Honey-do list, got it done. Garbage disposal, got it done. I just was doing everything I could. Shout out my father-in-law, RIP. Um, Erica, my wife's father, Jerry, one of the greatest men ever. You know, he died uh, two years ago. He used to build houses. So when we bought this house, he came over, redid our whole bathroom, and showed me the ropes. Truly showed me the ropes of how, because I didn't know how to do anything. I, I mean, I'm holding, I'm holding screwdrivers like this. Is this right? Is this how you screw it? And I'm not, that's an exaggeration, but I don't do anything. I was over his shoulder every step of the way, and, and it gave me confidence to fix little things like that. Now, major fixes, mm, you know, if my furnace shits out or something like that, probably need to call somebody. But, um, yeah, I was just Mr. Fix-It doing everything, right? Then I go back to work, and that's when Brendan Allen, at that, that week that I was doing everything, that was the Brendan Allen week. I did send the pickums out for that. Um, and then we go into Thanksgiving week. I go back to work. Work is cool. Go back. It's good to be back. Yada, 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 all that shit. And, uh, my daughter's off school. So now I was planning on doing Wednesday. This is a long way to talk about Wednesday takes baby. (laughs) Stay on the ride with me. Uh, was going to record Wednesday takes on Tuesday. Daughter was off, was really enjoying my time with my daughter. And then I was still fiddling cleaning up the garage, straighten up the garage, like getting things done, um, which I thought was over last week since I'm back at work. And I just really enjoyed my family time. Wednesday was going to record Wednesday takes, edit it, put it out late Wednesday night. Didn't do it. Thursday obviously was Thanksgiving. And then I even thought, oh, let's be a little meta, Brian, right? Let's put Wednesday takes out on a Friday. Fuck with them all. Because there's some things to talk about. PFL buying Bellator. PFL was on that night. I gave out, I tweeted out, uh, Bellator, or excuse me, PFL picks, oh for three, fucking one, two, three, strike with me. I'm sitting down, you know, all three looking. I'm out, right? Um, and then there was boxing on Saturday, David Benavidez, even though I'm not a huge boxing. There were some things to talk about, but I'm just like, I wasn't motivated to do it. I don't know. It, I'm sorry. It just never came out. So you guys ask questions, and I have those questions for today. So I'm going to do the pick them first. Because I don't think everyone wants to stick through the questions. So at the end of the pickums, once I get the slime ball and all that shit, I will go to answer every question that you sent me on Instagram and Twitters. We'll answer those. I think there's about maybe 20. Some are repeating, but I'll get to everybody. Um, and I haven't really looked or read at the questions. I've just uh, on Twitter, I read off my phone 
IG. I screenshot them, sent them to my computer. So I haven't really read the questions. I want to answer them honestly, get them out, fire away. So um, we'll do that at the end of the show. So if you're not into it, I'll give you the picks, give you my locks, give you the green hammer, give you the slime. You guys are out. If you're interested in what I got to say, stick around, baby. You know, we got some questions from the beautiful fans out there. Also, happy Thanksgiving. Belated, I know. Hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was, uh, it was good. Listen, we, we, I have a very small family at this point now, and I've always had a small family, but, you know, Things are hitting us pretty hard. What mom and, and stepdad, you know, my real dad, you know, my my real dad's passed away. I call him my my dad just to make it easier, but he's, he's my stepfather. But anyway, um, you know, they didn't want to go, they didn't go anywhere. They they stayed at home and my grandma's in North Carolina. And so my luckily my wife has a be- you know, big family, beautiful family. The mom, you know, my mother-in-law makes a great, great dinner. By the way, the best turkey I've ever had, right? We'll get to that. There's I, I believe there is a question from Twitter on Trindaddy about Thanksgiving, so I don't want to going to my whole rant right now but we'll, we'll get into that but um yeah the one thing i mean it was it was a traditional thanksgiving it's great the one thing i do want to say this is a little embarrassing um is uh again not tmi but this is just some, so i'm playing with the kids right i'm on concrete floor i'm playing with the kids you know i'm a big kid myself i love playing with my girls other kids are there as well cousins and whatnot and uh there's one of those like little tykes slides right for like little kids like little little kids right my my six-year-old's a little too big for it, but little plastic tight slide right there and then there's like a there's like a barbie uh something like a couple little doll houses right there and i'm running around i'm playing with them whatever and i trip right and i think i'm gonna catch myself and i fucking bodies or fucking belly flop on this slide and flatten it boom and i fall hard big tree fall hard smoke my ribs bang my elbow on stump something still don't know what it is kids are laughing at me I'm rolling over, like trying to get up. Like, yeah, my then my little girls are like, "Oh, dad, you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I'm just ribs are smoked, still a little sore. Elbow was killing me." I get up, I fucking do the walk of shame upstairs because I'm so embarrassed. But that was the highlight of my Thanksgiving. Besides the turkey, the turkey was phenomenal. I do have some show notes, so uh, yeah, I got those two done. Talked about that falling on Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Um. Yeah, so the two final things before we get to the picks here is, um, I don't know how to organically say this, but your boy, your boy's been getting in a, in, a, in a couple confrontations lately. Yeah, I don't consider myself a confrontational person by nature. Um, I don't shy away from it if it, if it presents itself. But uh, yeah, so my first day back at work, I got into it with a guy in a Tesla. Cause I was downtown Cincinnati on a tiny little road, making a delivery. I'm running in and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm taking out the road. That's what they tell you to do. Take out the road, run in, do, do it quick. Right. And there's a million different ways to go in Cincinnati. Well, some guy in a Tesla showed up, said, you can't park here. And I said, yeah, I can. And I get my car to, to leave the ready to go. And he goes, you can't park here. And I'm like, yes, I can. And I drive a block up for another delivery and he speeds up and gets right on my ass. Well, there are these teenager boys, these, these, these young, uh, black teenage boys who are walking in like, cause again, this isn't like a real street. It's not a cut through street. It's like main street, right? They're walking through like the little park that's in between this little street. Right. 
And they saw what happened. So I get out and he jumps out of his Tesla and I don't even pay attention to him. I walk over to, to hit the intercom to get into an apartment building and these teenage boys goes, hey, bro, you got a problem with my boy here? Huh? Get back in that fucking Tesla. You got a problem? And they came up one of the other. Well, there was like six of them. The one comes up to me and goes, hey, man, you all right? And he like knuckles me. I'm like, yeah, don't worry about that fucking guy. Yeah, we ain't going to worry about him. The one dude's like flexing on him. This dude got scared shitless. Gets in his Tesla. Speeds off. So this baby face, this bricked up dude can't scare somebody. But a couple 15-year-old fucking go-hards can get him. He shit his pants probably. But first off, don't come at me about where I'm parking, bro. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking up the road. Find another way. Hazards on. That's my job. Not just in a car. So I've been a little pent up, right? And uh, your boy, <laughs> your boy your, your, how do I say this without sounding gross? Like your boy got needs. Your boy's a sexual, sexual human being, and I haven't had intercourse with my beautiful wife. Sex. We'll talk sex. Intercourse is gross. I haven't had sex with my wife since August because of all her female problems, everything she's got going on. She had issues before the surgery. Obviously, the surgery, we're recovering, all this stuff like that. Um, this is the longest I've ever been. I lost my virginity when I was 15. It's the longest I've ever been. So I'm a little pent up. Got two arguments with shouting matches with guys at work yesterday. Um, friends of mine. It was a, it was a kind of a pleasant argument, but it really tail spun because I'm, you know, I'm a little aggressive. And uh, that's not here or there. I'm not blaming my wife or anything like that. Just your boy's a little pent up. So maybe that's, uh, you know, just want to kind of, I'm going I'm to I'm tell you guys everything in my life. This is what's happening. And um, I saw a sign today that really pissed me off and it's still making me mad. I just showered before I hopped on here and I was thinking about it in the shower and it still makes me mad. You guys know I work at UPS. I deliver packages. I deliver to this house, nice house, nice neighborhood, whatever. And they had planners right in front of the doors. And I go to make my delivery and there's a sign taped on the ground behind the planners. And it said, place packages behind planners. Let's not encourage pirate uh, or what is it? Porch pirates. So I put it behind the planner and I walked away and my body's getting hot. Right. I'm getting mad. Like what? So if I didn't place this, me delivering your shit for you. On time, during Christmas time, I'm encouraging Porch Pirates. What? Just go buy your shit then if you're that scared about it. Like, the word encouraging Porch Pirates set me off, and I can't stop fucking thinking about it. It's driving me nuts. I'm an insane person right now, right? I got come up to my eyes, need a release, <laughs> and... These people are writing, just write, put the package behind the planners. Thank you for your service or whatever the fuck. End of discussion. Encouraging ports. Fuck you. All right, last thing before we get the pickums, I got to talk about this. This should have been the first thing I talked about. I want to cover everything. Kind of know where you guys are at. Know where my crazy brain's at right now. So the striking robot got delivered October 9th. I did not put it together until this weekend or yeah, this weekend mounted it, put it up um, again, being lazy. I've gained 11 pounds since August. I'm, you know, the fattest I've ever been, you know, disgusting. Right. But anyway, put it up with the help. Of my lovely wife, you know, you need two hands putting it up, whatever paid almost $700 for this thing. Six seventy nine. dollars De- uh, month and a half delayed. And, you know, I've talked about all that. So I get, it, I put it up. 
right? And follow directions flawlessly. We put the fucking thing up and the screen won't work. If you saw my, my Twitter, I posted it. It didn't work. So I emailed the company and I DM the guy because the guy was DMing me. He DM me back first, said, hey, I'll get to your email. I'll get to your email. Never did. So after a day and a half, I reminded him like, hey, bro, never got an email from you to get this fixed. So he finally emails me yesterday morning and says, okay, here's where you need to send it. I just, cause it comes in like three different parts. Like I just need that, the, the part with the screen, I need you to send it back and don't send it in the original box to cut down on shipping cost. send it to this address. I'll fix it or I'll send you a new one. Now my question is right. Here's, here's where I'm at, right? I responded with, am I paying for shipping costs? That was it. And he didn't respond back yet. It's been about a day. So my question is, <clears throat> I was thinking, I was daydreaming about making a video trying to bury this company, right? Tag them in Instagram and Twitter and just bury them because I've had some issues and I think customer service is lacking. The machine is still under warranty. You have a 120-day limited warranty on the thing, right? Haven't even used it yet. Put it up and immediately not stop working. Tried everything. Hit the restart button. Unplugging it. Plugging a new outlet. Me, I've done everything, right? There's no hard reset on the thing, what have you. The minute I sent the video to the guy, he goes, ah, you got a bum screen. Yeah, sorry. That must have got through, right? Admit it. That is not an issue with me. It's an issue with the thing. He's seen it before. So my question is, I paid $700 for this thing, right? It got to me late. Now I'm in the shipping biz, as we discussed. The head unit that I'm going to ship is it's probably going to be like an 80-pound shipping, maybe more or excuse me, $80 shipping, maybe more because he's all the way in, in Washington, you know, Washington State. It's cross country. I'll ship at UPS, obviously. But should I flip out for having to pay shipping cost? Or should he, should I go, hey, bro, you're paying shipping cost. What should I do? I'm, I've admitted a million times in this fucking podcast, I am not a great consumer. I'm a little antsy if you don't ship my shit right away. I'm not patient. Admittedly, I'm a bad consumer. So I'm asking help from you guys, the level-headed audience. Should I tell this guy to get fucked? You're paying shipping or return the whole thing? I really don't want to return the whole thing. I've waited so long. It's an innovative, cool product. I wish it would work. You know what I mean? Or should I go, you know what? You got to pay it. You got to get this thing working. You're already 700 in the hole. Get this thing shipped out, fixed. Because on their website, there's two different things. There's one that says strike the company Strike USA, they will pay for anything like replacement parts or broken things. They will pay for those shipping. There's another one where it says the purchaser pays for shipping. So there's two contradicting things on here. Obviously, if I'm returning the whole thing, I expect to pay the shipping, right? If I go, you know what? I don't want the unit. I'm going to return the whole thing. I'll pay the, obviously pay the shipping on that because, the, you know, I don't want it, right? That, that makes sense. But for something that's broken, that shipped to me broken, that's malfunctioning, why do I got to pay? So I'm trying to get some advice. Should I be mad? Should I go, that's just business. That's the way it works. Shut up, BP. We want to see you hit this fucking striking robot. I'm, I'm leaving it up to you guys. I want to know. Be, you guys are smarter than me. Tell me what to do. All right. That's good stuff. Fight nights. Nice little card after, uh, after missing a, a, a week. Um, three left of the year. That's it. We got three. Veronica Hardy plus 120 versus Jamie Lynn North. Horth? Was it Horth? Yeah, Jamie Lynn North. 
Uh, Horth. I would say North. Horth. Jamie Lynn Horth. I almost said North again. God damn it. I'm terrible. Um, this is uh, Canadian pride here. Undefeated Jamie Lynn Horth. Debuted against Haley Cowan, the um, cheerleader princess. Uh, you know, and Jamie started off well. Haley, re- you know, um, started doing better as the fight goes, but she's not a complete fighter yet. Jamie, I mean, still not a complete fighter yet. You know, she's got a little hype. Canadians really rallied behind their girls. and got Veronica Hardy, who I believe used to be, not believe, I know. Veronica Hardy used to be Veronica Machado. She married Dan Hardy. She looked fantastic against Juliana Miller, her comeback kind of fight after three years off. She's one, She's two and four in the UFC. Not the best record. Uh, Ashley Evans Smith knocked her out back in 2016. Andrea Lee got her in 20, or yeah, Andrea Lee decision in 2018. She got finished by Gillian, uh, Jillian Robertson, uh, just got completely dominated in 2019. Uh, and then she beat Pollyanna Viana by sub armbar in 2019. Lost to B. Malecki, who's a stud, and then uh, got absolutely, or not got absolutely, absolutely butchered. Julian Miller, who I don't think is a talented fighter. I think Jamie Lynn Horth is a talented fighter. I think Veronica Hardy, obviously working with Dan Hardy, he's a great mind for the sport. You know what I mean? He's 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 got a great mind. He he knows how to. I think he he will be a good coach. He is a good coach. He's obviously probably a little hands on with his wife's training. Um, she looked good against Juliana Miller, but this ain't you know, you know this ain't Juliana Miller. This is Jamie Lynn Horth, who again I keep saying her name like she's some big shot, but she's not. She's an up and coming fighter. I do like minus one forty two. Is a low enough number that are talking like you know chicks, and I'm the one who knows chicks. <laughs> I mean, I know chicks, baby. I like this fight. I like this to fight go over as well. Uh, what is the over set at? I'm sure it's probably high. Uh, two and a half minus two fifty or two sixty two eighty. I can't read. Uh, either way, that's a that's a that's a chunk chunk number. So we're gonna uh, yeah, that one's a little scary there. But yeah, well, I mean, I still like the over. Fuck it. But give me Jamie Lynn Horth. Um, I like the I like the upside. I like the prospect. She is fighting a veteran in Veronica Hardy, but Veronica Hardy is like seven four one. I mean, veteran in the UFC. She's been around forever, but she's not the most active fighter. She only got five more fights than Jamie Lynn. I think Jamie Lynn is going to take this next up. Wellington Terman. He is a minus one ninety two favorite versus the Night Train baby, and that's spelled N I T E. Okay, Night Train N I T E. Jared Gooden. Uh, let me just say right now, Jared Gooden is Timbo. You know what I mean? Tim Mitchell, guy who does a podcast, part of the MMA Takes family, um, a.k.a. I'll kill you for money, a.k.a. you can't afford me, a.k.a. I'll kill you in your sleep. Uh, Timothy Timbo Slice Mitchell. This is his guy. He loves Jared Gooden. He gets, he, he's just, he's all over Jared Gooden. And, and, and rightfully so, I think Jared Gooden is not a bad fighter. He just hasn't really put it together in the UFC yet. I like this fight being at 170, or excuse me, not being at 170, being at 185. Um, he's a hard guy to finish. He's fucking durable. And another TMI exposing myself a little bit. Every time I look at him, right, he's he's ripped, ripped up, right? And he's got that clean shaven bald head. And he's got just that wide neck. And it's just perfectly straight, right? And when when I see him from behind when he fights, it reminds me of a, a Komodo dragon. And again, Komodo dragons are the scariest fucking animal in the world to me. The scary my Cincinnati has one of the best zoos in the world. If you come to Cincinnati, go to the Cincinnati Zoo. We have season passes. When my wife takes the kids, they zoom in on the Komodo dragons and text them to me. And I joke around like, ah, good one. I don't like looking at them. I don't like looking at them. I know I'm opening myself up now to get trolled and get exposed and people send me Komodo dragons, whatever. I don't like looking at them. 
They're terrifying. If I get, I'd rather get locked in a room with a bear and a tiger. Yeah, that's scary. I'm dead. I'll shit my pants. But I'd rather get locked in a room with a bear and a tiger than with a Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon, I'll faint, shit my pants, done. Those things are terrifying. And he's got that Komodo dragon back of his. Next time you see him fight, just take a take a look at it. It's scary. But listen, he's one in four in his UFC. I think if he gets, this is his second stint. <clears throat> He doesn't win, he gets cut. He's done well in the regional scene. He has an awesome knockout with, with a stop at the end, which I don't know how he didn't get DQ'd for that. Excuse me, I got a little something in my throat. There it is. And uh, But listen, he fought some good guys. Randy Brown decision, right? You know, he's got out volume by Randy Brown. Close fight with Carlton Harris, who we all know is pretty good. Uh, pretty good guy. Got taken out five times in that fight. Only win in the UFC is against Nicholas Stolze by knockout. It was a clean knockout in the first round. It was dope. Abubu Gardner made off, got him by decision, took him down only one time, though. And then uh, Alan Joban fight was very, very close. Alan Joban just kind of outvolumed him. He landed up the harder shot. So Jerrigan, big, powerful dude, um, you know, young enough uh, that, you know, he's 30, I believe. Going to be 30, turning 30 in, in December, it looks like. And you got Wellington Terman, who, you know, chinny, right? One-dimensional. You know, he's working with some great people, though. He's in that room in Connecticut with with Glover and... and um, and obviously Alex Pereira, and he's working with some killers, and you only going to get better when you're in a room with killers. And so Wellington Terman is going to get better, but I just don't know if you're going to pay this price on him. Like, you know, his record in the UFC is terrible. He dropped down to 70 himself, lost to Randy Brown, lost to Andre Petrovsky with eight takedowns. His takedown accuracy is 19%. That's how he wins his fight is he takes Jared Gooden down. Jared Gooden knows that. I think Jared Gooden wants us more. Plus 160 for Jared Gooden. Yeah, but Hello? Okay, this is dog. I get a dog, and this is my dog lock. This is my Timbo. You better be fucking right. Dog lock of the week. Jared Gooden. Uh, I think he can do it by knockout. I don't know if props are up right now. I don't think on this fight, though, props will be up. Let's see. Nah, there's no props up, but I do like him by knockout as well. So maybe add that to my card when the props come up. Okay. All right, next up, we got uh, Ihor Pateria. Fuck this guy. Versus Rodolfo Bellato. Uh, First and foremost, I'm going Bellato here uh, for the simple reason that I know he's come out of the contender series. He uh, got knocked out by Vitor Petrino. No big deal. Came back and won by knockout and kind of a back and forth fight again on the contender series. Won the second round. Proved to have a little bit of a cardio. Uh, and Pateria is still public enemy number one. Um after that fucking dance, after he knocked out Shogun, how fucking dare you? How fucking dare you? I'll never pick this guy. I'll never bet him. Comment about how it's a bad look or whatever the fuck because I'm not properly capping this fight. I'm betting emotionally. Give me Bellato. He's in the slime ball. I hope he decapitates Pereira. Poteria, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, this guy, uh, big number on Poteria, but I, I can't. I'll never bet him. I never will. Don't ask me. If he wins, I'll be very upset because the slime ball, sneakily, sneakily, not a lot of people are talking about it, but it's three weeks in a row. We've cashed three weeks in a row. You know how hard it is to hit three parlays in a fucking week? You know what I mean? We're going for four in a row, baby. Four in a row. I might have just jinxed it, but four in a row. Shh, keep it on down low. All right, next up. We got uh, blah, 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 Steve Garcia, plus 195 versus, God, I always have a hard time with this guy's name. Uh, ma, ma, <laughs> it's right here on the, the Malaquez, Malaquez, Costa. I'm going to go Costa, Costa, probably Costa. Hey, 
<coughs> Woo! Sorry for sneezing. Should have muted that. Um, C. Garcia versus Costa here. C. Garcia, you know, kind of a dork, right? You know, he's, he's, he's a dorky guy. Good striking. He absolutely butchered Chase Super. He's coming off two knockout wins. You know, he knocked out Shana Nornebeke's last time out as well in, in, in a... In a um, and a nice little scrap in that fight as well. He's been also knocked out. He's a little vulnerable. Machete got him. But, you know, he's he's got some wins. You know, he's 4-2 and two in the UFC. A little one in the radar. Mean Machine is the worst fucking nickname. Change it, right? And again, not like breaking the bank with personality or anything like that. Takedown offense is pretty good, 94%. Coast is a guy who stepped up on short notice against Tagle Moises. Got submitted. Looked promising. Young kid. Uh, and then went out there and, and just uh, it put work on Austin Lingo, just out volume him, take, took him down, beat the shit out of him, tried to submit him. Lingo's tough. Look good against Lingo. And that's what he's going to want to do here. He's going to want to come in. He's going to want to take this fight to the ground. And at plus 195, I want to rock with Steve Garcia and the Hello? dog here. Okay, this is dog. Steve Garcia, to me, has better striking. It all depends on where his takedown defense is. Yes, it's 94% in UFC, but I looked at tape. Is it really 94%? It's not like he's fucking unstoppable on the takedown defense. I think his movement helps him with that. I hope he has strong hips. Costa is going to be aggressive. He's going to come after him. He's going to look to take him down. He's good on top. Not the most polished fighter yet. Still very young. Still um, learning and, and, and is not like quite the potent finisher. Um, I like the over in this spot as well. I think this fight will go over, uh, which is I think the over-unders are out. So let me tell you what that is. What is the line set at? Over one and a half. Minus 135. That could have been a green hammer. I like the over here. Um, I like this to be an absolute scrap. Garcia has proven to be vulnerable. He's been dropped before. He's been a little chinny. He's been put out before. Coaston come out, just put volume on him and beat him up. And again, the ground game, the takedown offense is a little, we don't know yet. And how good is Costa? So uh, give me Steve Garcia. Too big of a number to pass up on. Plus 195. I like that. I hope people... Throughout the week, bet up Costa as well. I can see him being a parlay piece for most people. I'm flipping it. I'm going uh, I'm going Joe Selecki. All right, next up, Jakar Close, minus 122 versus Joe Selecki. Did I say Selecki just now? I meant Steve. I want Steve Garcia. Joe Selecki's next, right? Joe Selecki versus Jakar Close. Close, minus 122. Selecki, minus, well, plus 102. I can't talk. Jakar Close doesn't have a nickname. It should be Jakar Noir. I mean, the cologne that fucking gets the chicks, man. Jakar Noir, are you kidding me? I've never owned it. It'd be way too powerful if I owned it. You know what I mean? I mean, chicks would be banging on this door if I had Jakar Noir. You know what I mean? Or this window. I pointed to this window like it's a door. I'm stupid. But um, Jakar Close is sneakily good. Um, I shit all over him because he got pushed at a weigh-in and like got really hurt off a push by Jeremy Stevens which I thought was kind of bitch made if I'm being honest with you, but his only two losses are David Tamar, which is a bad loss. And then Benny Darius, he's not the most active fight in the world, but against Brandon Jenkins, he looked really good. And against Hoffie Garcia, he dug deep against a really strong guy, outstruck him, uh, got taken down three times, but took down uh, Garcia two times. And Garcia, again, is it's a hard guy to finish, um, but he's he's interesting. And Joe Selecki is kind of a one-trick pony a little bit. Striking non-existent. He wants to take you down. He wants to ride your back. He wants to backpack. He is coming off a submission of a Carl Deaton, which my six-year-old daughter could probably give him a run for money on the ground. Um, so I'm not going to put a ton of, uh, a ton of, uh, what you might call it, stock in that. Um, you know, he's undefeated. Excuse me. He's got one loss in UFC. Coming out of the contender series, he's looked pretty good. He got a Wyman win. He got an Austin Hubbard win by rear naked choke, which is pretty good. Who just won the Ultimate Fighter? 
or did he win the Ultimate Fighter or did he lose? Can't remember. Um, no, did he, yeah, I think Kurt Hullabo won, right? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. I uh, got one over Jim Miller, Jared Gordon, split decision loss, and then majority decision Alex De Silva, which I thought was kind of a maybe a bad decision. Anyway, um, he's a one trick pony, no volume. He's never landed more than 60 strikes in a fight. There's no volume output at all. He's a submission guy. Fights out of Wilmington, North Carolina, which I love. I want us to back him here. Plus 102. Vegas doesn't know what's going on with this fight. What's the updated lines here? Um, blah, 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 blah. Minus 125 for Drakkar Close, plus 105. So it's a little bit uh, moved a couple fucking pennies, but nothing significant. Give me Drakkar Close. I think Drakkar Close is a solid dude. I think he's got big power. He's dealt with grapplers before. I think he's going to be okay with Selecki's stick to you kind of style you know i mean i think he'll be okay with with dealing that defending that um give me jacar close almost a guy i kind of loaded up on if i'm being honest yeah looked at this line i didn't want to just throw out chalk lines even though i just put Bellato in my slime ball parlay at minus 410 so i'm a fucking liar apparently but um i i like jacar close here i do i uh I, I like him i think it's gonna be a tough fight but i think selecki hasn't been hasn't proven to be that dog yet has he taken shots has he been dropped has he been in those wars you know he likes to control things and when he's not he's getting control but it's all in the grappling aspect i think jacar close can put it together well with good wrestling good takedown defense and then also hit pretty fucking hard so give me close almost loaded up on him but i didn't no locks whatsoever but that is a bet that i'm gonna be looking at all right next up you got cody brunnage plus 180 versus zach reese minus 218 uh, so this is public enemy number two, Cody Brundage. Um, yeah, inconsistency. You know, a lot of people thought he might have took a dive in that last fight with Malcoon. A lot of people were upset about that. I mean, listen, I, I you know, it's hard um, for me to say if he took a dive or not, if I'm being honest with you. I'm not in there. Uh, yeah, he did. I mean, come on, right? I'm trying to play a nice guy. Nah, you did, bro. You didn't even know you got hit till the ref stopped it. You were getting dominated by Malcoon before that absolute dud of performance by Segres Dumas. Three strikes over Dumas. Dumas out grappled you, bro. You're a wrestler. R Rodolfo Verri came out hot, not, got choked out, got knocked out by Ole Sechek. Didn't even land a fucking strike. Just tried to land takedowns. And then Treshawn Gore is kind of what put him. He, he had two wins. He had Dolce, where he was losing, came back, choked him out. And then he knocked out Treshawn Gore by a lucky punch. He's getting Zach Reese here. He's coming off the contender series. Am I, am I, am I uh, to be believed? Big, tall, long guy. <clears throat> Excuse me, 6'4". Coming off an arm bar on the, uh, on the contender series. Has good moves off his back. Takedown offense is, I think, maybe suspect. I think Cody Brunners will probably get a few takedowns here, but is he going to end up in something? Zach Reese is incredibly long. He's got good kicks. He uses his reach pretty well on the feet. I don't know how much that's going to play out in this fight because Cody's going to do everything in his power to close that distance. The problem with, Co problem with Cody is the more he wrestles, the more aggressive he gets, the more tired he gets, right? So I'm going Zach Reese here. Sign ball cannon number two. He's also my send him on, baby. Woo! This is going to be a second chance for me, a double chance, excuse me, I, I think in my head, if I picture it, it's submission. But I do think he can TKO him as well once Cody gasses out. He reverses top position, gets on top, pounds him out. See it a couple different ways. Zach Reese by finish. I'm going to double chance it. Lines aren't up right now, so I can't give you that line. Good to double chance it. KO and submission. Zach Reese wins. Slime ball moves on. Let's go. Cody Brundage, you're dead to me. You're going to get cut after this. I'm sorry. Nothing personal, but it is. Let's go. 
So, uh, yeah, give me Zach Reese. Give me Zach Reese, baby. Next up, Julia Julia Alvia versus Misha Tate. So we're starting to get to the territory where we picked on the Anthony Florian, which has been out. I'm sure you guys have seen that um, already. I took Misha Tate. Someone pointed out that I shit on my breakdown. I shit on Misha Tate the whole time and went, yeah, I'm going to take her. I listened back to it. You're 100% right, Dan. Uh, that's what Kenny kind of does. Kenny kind of leads you one way and then goes, however... I'm not as clean as Kenny, so I obviously didn't do that. But Misha needs this bad. If she doesn't, she retires. Um, she loses, she's retiring, I think, right? If she doesn't put up a good performance, she's retiring. Avlia is a is a is doesn't fight consistently, hasn't really had a good win, no signature win. She's still young. She could be out there training and becoming a beast, but I haven't really seen it yet. Misha Tate can get scrappy. She's obviously still durable on the feet. Um, she's going to have to have volume to beat Avila. I don't think she should really hunt for takedowns and really wear herself out. Keep it on the feet, piece her up, win a decision. I like Misha Tate here um, as the underdog place at plus 136. Um, yeah, give me Tate. Just because she's such an OG, she's a Hall of Famer, that if this is her last fight, I kind of want to be on her side. And uh, so, yeah, give me Misha Tate. All right, next up, Puna Soriano versus Dustin Stulfus. Puna's a guy a lot of people love. I think the line's high, if I'm being honest with you. The over-under set at one and a half because Stolfoot's just coming off a knockout over Boost, and Puna's a, a banger. But Puna, you know, his last time out, he looked a little stuck in mud, I should say, and, and just didn't look super clean. And I don't know what Puna we're going to get. I know he's a fucking stud in the gym. And Stolfoot's is a little bit wild on the feet. He is fairly durable, though. And... um. Puna gives us some takedowns for for a guy with with that low of base and with a wrestling background. Um, Sofus can make this interesting. He could definitely make this interesting. Uh, however, fucking nailed it. I'm gonna go Puna. I don't have a huge bet because I don't like the line. I'm not putting them. I'm staying away from everything. I'm not putting them in a fucking parlay or anything like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Puna as a pick. Don't know if I'm gonna bet this. If I do, it's gonna be some some finish by Puna. Maybe maybe by knockout. I can't see Stolfus winning. I can see, excuse me, Stolfus winning by a decision. That might be a fucking juicy number to play as well. Um, I don't have the strongest read because I don't know what type of fighter Puna is going to be in there. Um, hopefully a great one. Hopefully a great one. He comes out there. He's got bricks in his hands. Knockout Stolfus, who is having a little bit of a probably confidence crisis at this point, if I imagine. But he has one way to win. That's to get the fight to the ground, smother him, try to submit him. You know, Stolfus is pretty pretty crafty on the ground and, and has some decent takedown defense. You know, excuse me, decent takedowns. He's a pretty strong guy himself. I mean, he picked up Joe Pfeiffer and snapped his arm on the contender series. So uh, the guy's got a little bit of, little bit of game there. All right, next up, we got Clay Guida, which is a fight I skipped. Well, no, I'm, I'm following a different thing. Clay Guida, plus 250 versus Joaquin Silva, minus 310. Has this line moved at all? People love Clay Guida. Um... Plus 260, minus 325. Yeah, so it's going off on, on Silva, which is surprising. I thought more money would come in on Clay. I have Silva in this situation here. Clay styled, I just don't think is going to win him fights anymore. He doesn't do enough. He takes you down. He's never been like the biggest ground and pound guy. You can get up when he takes you down. He'll just take you down again. I don't see that in the Silva fight. Silva's a big, strong dude who is pretty good on the ground, is very capable of getting up. He's been taken down quite a few times in his UFC career, but he gets up every time, and he's lethal on the feet. Clay has surprised a lot of people, including myself, with the fact that he's 41, his cardio is still intact, and his chin is not terrible. He's not getting slept out there for being the wars he went in. The only thing he lost was his hair. Then he went to Turkey, got a hair transplant, right? 
So the guy's kicking at 41. It looks like he has no time to slow down. Uh, you know, he's grappling on his off time. He's calling for the young fighters. He's getting a pretty beast here in, in Silva, who I don't have as like the highest regard, but I do like his striking. Silva usually struggles with the powerful strikers. He can't really take it, but I don't see Clay really landing anything. Clay's boxing has improved. He's got a big overhand right. If somehow Silva walks into that, I don't see that happening. But uh, I like Silva here. Price too rich for me. You may be looking at a play by finish or Guida by decision if you're on the Guida side because that is a nice little number. But yeah, too juicy to too juicy for me to play here. All right, next one. But one of the best fights in the card. These last four fights are unbelievable. Sean Brady minus one thirty versus Kelvin Gaston plus one ten. <sighs> Let me just break this out. Go. Oh, this get heavier since I've been here. Green Hammer. I don't have many props available, but I want to get this out. Want to record. It's Wednesday. Let's go. I'm excited to talk to you guys. So the Green Hammer is going to be over two and a half minus one oh five. Minus 105. We're not in a plus money anymore. Green Hammer hasn't hit in a while. We're taking a step back. We're going back to the over-unders. This is lined at over two and a half. Minus 105. Here's how I think the fight's going to happen. Right? I'm going to put this down. This thing's so heavy. Look at this thing. Oh, my God. Just unbelievable. Sorry, I hit the microphone. Just had to slap the hammer a few times. Um, This is how the fight's going to go. Right? Sean Brady, very confident guy in his skills, but he is a grappler. He's going to want to take Kelvin down. He's going to want to smother him. He's not going to want to fight with Kelvin in range. Kelvin is very fast, looks to be in incredible shape, has a great one too, is a tricky southpaw, only boxing, doesn't really use his kicks. Good wrestler. How good is of a defensive wrestler he is? He's been taken down quite a few times by people. Sean Brady's going to test that. He's going to go in there. He's going to try to smother and stop Sean, Br- or excuse me, Kelvin Gassum just by his wrestling, just by his grappling, right? Sean Brady fancies himself as a boxer or whatever. He's not going to want to stand up with Kelvin Gaslam. Kelvin Gaslam is going to want to work the strikes. You're going to have grappling exchanges. You're going to get put on your back at some point. Keep working your way to the feet. And every time you get separation, you have to land on Sean Brady. Because the more he gets hit, the more he doesn't like it, and the more he will fade. He's a big, muscly guy who's going to be using a lot of energy to take you down, a lot of energy to keep you down. While you work to your feet, you separate. Bop, 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 bop. Land your shit, bruh. And then you're out, right? I can see Kelvin finishing Sean Brady. So the over two and a half could be ruined. I see this being a decision fight. I see it being an absolute dog fight. I see Sean Brady coming off his first career loss, being a little upset, being really well-trained, really well-prepared for this. And Kelvin Gaston, first time at 170 in a while, looking phenomenal. We'll see on the scales. But I like Kelvin Gaston here. I put units on him on the Anakin Florian. This was almost a parlay piece for me as well. That's how much I like Kelvin here. I think Kelvin is just going to be the better fighter. If he gets smothered, held down, and does nothing for three rounds, I think that will be a very surprising to me. I think that's the way Sean Brady has to win. But when he took down Michael Chiesa, Michael Chiesa worked up his way to the feet. Difference with Michael Chiesa is Michael Chiesa does not have that power, doesn't have that speed that Kelvin Gaslam has. Michael Chiesa is a very similar fighter to Sean Brady. You look at Bilal Muhammad, who does have good boxing, good takedown offense, and but he doesn't have that that explosion that power that Gaslam has, and we'll see here at 170 how great Gaslam looks. Physically, he looks fantastic, but that doesn't mean shit. We've all seen that before. He could fade in the fight, overcutting whatever first time at 170. But it looks like he's doing everything right. Give me Kelvin Gaslam plus 110. I like that Green Hammer over two and a half minus 105. Uh, we're not in the plus territory with the Green Hammer. And coincidentally enough, or funny enough, you guys have probably have seen the show. 
Uh, Kenny's on the opposite side. He's on Sean Brady for two units. So we got a unit off here. Okay. This is a fucking dick swinging, dick measuring contest right now. Uh, who's going to win? I don't know, Kenny. But um, let's uh, let's move on. Rob Font versus Devison Figueiredo. Uh, Rob Font minus 135 versus Devin Figueiredo plus 114. Love this fight. Love this fight. Rob Font owes this one. Rob Font laid a fucking giant egg last time out against Corey San Diego. Could not get off the bottom. Had nothing for us. Now he gets Devinson Figueroa, who's coming up to 35. Duste gas coming up to 35. Robbie Font's boxing is just clean. Squeaky boys. He's in the pocket. He's moving. He's countering. I love his boxing. His boxing has always been great to me. It was that much better when he what he did to Adrian Yanez, who I think is a fantastic boxer. Figueredo is a speed guy, power guy, not a defensive guy. I think he might mix in some takedowns. I think that's where he might see Rob Funk being weakest, considering Rob Funk got taken down by Corn Sandhagen, I believe, seven times. Could not get up. Devinson Figueredo, I think, is going to do that. But I do still worry about Figueredo, who wants to retire. I'm going to 35. No, I'm staying at 25. He's been all up and down. A little bit of a head case. How's his cardio to be grappling for three rounds? Don't know. There's going to be some striking exchanges. I like Devinson on paper, I like him up this weight, but I think if he stands with Rob Font, he's too clean, good chin. Rob Font could get clipped, get up, and knock you out. Like his mental is way stronger than Devin Figueroa. That's why he's my mortal lock. It ain't got no gas in it. Wrong button, mortal lock demon, Rob Font, baby. And put him in the slime ball. I almost went somewhere else with the mortal lock, but I want to give you kind of a low mortal lock and load up. I went Brendan Allen last time, minus 410 is what I got him. He closed out like minus 455. You know, that's kind of a cheap way to do it. So I'm giving you Robbie Font. I see people loving it. Devison Figueroa. I'm giving you Robbie Font here. And a little boop, boop on maybe the finish. Do you think we can knock him out? Robbie Font by knockout. What we got? We got, I think the line's up. I think the line's up. Let me see. Robbie Font by knockout. Robbie Font by KO plus 275. I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it. Add it. Add it to the fucking card. I'll play it. But uh, nothing against Deuce de Gas. I just, there's so many questions. Robbie Font's got that chip. You know, he got pulled from a fight and, he, and then he took the, you know, a lot of things happened and he just got embarrassed and it was a horrible main event. People forget about it, but uh, he's coming out for blood here. He's coming out aggressive. And I think he's, this is going to be a fucking scrap. All right, next up, Jalen Turner, minus 238 versus Bobby King Green, plus 195. So I don't want to keep being, repeating myself and all this shit. I'm on Jalen Turner. I got to see the weigh-ins. This is a big fucking boy to be coming off the couch, cutting his weight, assumingly cutting off the weight. He turned the fight down originally because him and Bobby Green are from the same area. He respects Bobby Green. They're both from Fontana, California, I believe, or whatever. To me, turning down a fight because they're from the same area is also code for I'm not in the best shape. Then the UFC added a zero, and he goes, I could probably get in, I probably can get in shape right now. So I'm worried about that. This isn't a small guy that can take short-notice fights. It's a scale fight. Right now, I think Jalen Turner has the better skills. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby wins, if I'm being honest with you. I think there's great value on Bobby. I just think Jalen, with his striking, is phenomenal. I think Bobby's going to have trouble with that reach. Um, and we'll, we'll find out. Bobby's in a real great pocket of his career right now. Where he looks fantastic. Jalen misses weight, looks terrible. Pick is switched. I'll officially tweet that out myself. 
I'll tell the boys on the air for him. But right now we're going Jalen Turner. I like his skills. He does have a good choke as well. Um, he's not super in-depth on the ground. If Bobby wants to take it there, I don't think he does. Great leg kicks as well. Bobby stands pretty square. Kicks are open to the body. Kicks are open to the legs. We'll see. Bobby's crafty, though. Weigh-ins. Gotta see the weigh-ins before we do anything, but I'm on Jalen Turner. All right. Main event. Benny Darius plus 235 versus Amon Sarukian minus 290. <sighs> so good. So I was very, um, very confused by this, but not confused, but like hard to kind of pick. I dove in a lot and I'm like, man, Benny does really well against grapplers. He's a really good anti-grappler. Look what he did against Mentus Gamrot. Like that was fantastic. But then look what he did against Charles Oliveira. He's been this top contender for so long. And he hasn't done anything. He just hasn't got over that hump. And I think this is a fight where they're like, Benny, shit or get off the pot. What are we doing here? And this is a fight for Saruki. And they're like, are you the next guy? Because you got these ugly losses or these weird performances or whatever the case. Not really ugly losses. He's lost to high-level guys. But are you our guy? And I, I had trouble with this fight. I picked Armand and then and I, I um, picked Armand. I'm still picking Armand, by the way. Um, no slime ball, no nothing. But I like Armand a lot here. And Kenny is is always said pleasant pleasant things about Benny. I believe they used to have a friendship or still do have a friendship when Kenny lived in L.A. Uh, maybe have trained together at some point, whatever. He always picked Benny. I picked Armand assuming Kenny's going to pick Benny. He went Armand. And extra units. That tells me something. That tells me something that Kenny sees who's incredibly sharp. So my money, not my money, for your money, load up on Sarukian, maybe by finish, um, which we'll chase that number right now for you boys. Like a T-Kill finish, he's not going to submit. He's not going to submit, Benny. There's just zero chance. The over-under is set at 3.5, minus 140 for the over, plus 110 for the under 3.5. Armand Sarukian is very good on top, but can he get on top? Benny's hard to hold down with the grappling. KO is plus 130 for Sarukian. Uh, submissions plus 900. Decisions plus 200. Can Benny go five rounds? I mean, I, li- I, li- I think I like the finish at plus 130. I know that's not the most value play. It's not the sexy play out there, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think Armand, who has looked pretty good with his striking, and my biggest complaint for him, he's very young. Biggest complaint about him has been he needs to commit more to a striking and quit just shooting doubles. Commit to the striking. Commit to the striking. Because you've got this little power bricked up body. You're going to be able to crack. And he did his last time out. His uh, ground and pound is ferocious. Don't know if he's going to really be able to get Benny and hold Benny down. Benny's incredibly strong. Thick old legs on the boy. Um, the only time I think that's going to happen is if Benny completely gasses. You know, five-round fight. Let's see how in shape he is. He sometimes struggles on that weight cut. His last weight cut was scary. We all saw it. It was very bad lighting, but we saw the face just, I mean, fucking dead. Um, give me Armand Sarukian in this fight. All right, so recap. Mortal Lock, Rob Font. Send him home, Zach Reese. Dog Lock, Jared. Night Train, Gordon. That's N-I-T-E. Uh, so not Gordon. Gooden, excuse me, Dog Lock. And then uh, Green Hammer is going to be Sean Brady, Kevin Gaslam over two and a half, minus 105. I like that. Slime ball part late. Plus 193. A little juicy. Almost, almost, almost juicy. Uh, we got Rob Font, Morlock. We got Zach Reese. And we got Balato. Uh, plus 193. Plus 193. We're going for four in a row. Four in a row. 
So that's it. That's the pickles, Ben. Hit me up. You like anything? We're going to go to the questions now. So again, if you don't want to hear me answer questions about whatever it is, turn it off. I love you. Hit the subscribe button. If you're sticking around, I love you even more. Let's get to these fucking questions. I go IG first because that's on my computer and I can read them right off here. God damn it. Technology, huh? All right. First question is from Aaron Weinbaum, if I'm saying that right. Bet you most regret it placing or not betting. So I have a, t- a million that I regret not betting. I think we all do. Uh, bet I most regret placing. It's going to be not the sex, most sexiest answer, but it's going to be Jimmy Crute versus Misha Serkinov. And I'll tell you why. So Indiana got launched sports betting, not mobile. You can only go to the casino and place the bet. I want a fucking stack. Not really. I want about four or 500 bucks off Don Madge beating for uh fire fair Zeme in the UFC. Don Madge was my guy. Took that money. And I say, you know what? I'm going to go half of it. I'm at the counter because you, you can do it at the um, kiosk. You can do it at the counter. No mobile betting yet. Ohio didn't have Indiana casino only. It's about 45 minutes away or no, it's about 20 or 35 minutes away. Anyway, um, I go up to the lady and I, and I'm ready to do half of it. And I'm putting the money on the counter. And she's like, is this what we're doing? I can't touch that money. And I just slid the money to her. Right. And I bet all of it on Jimmy, the brute crew. If you look back, if you pull the receipts on some of these episodes earlier um, or later years ago, I, I Jimmy Crute was my graveyard. He was beating Misha Serkinov and gassed out and lost and not stuff. Ended up being like $325, $350 loss. I think I overestimated how much I lost because my biggest loss was, was more than that. It wasn't that big of a loss, but... I thought I was building a bankroll where I had fucking cash money. I'm a, I'm a tangible guy. I like things in my hand. So seeing the money in my hand and the ticket, having it and losing just felt horrible. And I do regret that. So that's the one that the first one that comes to my mind. Thank you for asking that question. Aaron Ryan McNeil favorite fight of all time. Did you bet on it? If not favorite bet of all time, favorite fight of all time. It's going to be, it's the same answer every time. I have so many I could think of. But I go back to Chuck Liddell versus Vandalay Silva. I'm an old school fan, right? I've been watching UFC since UFC 40. Pride versus UFC. Chuck Vandalay was supposed to happen a million times. Never did. Chuck went to Pride, lost the rampage, yada, yada. Um, the buildup, the fight, every, you know, it, it might not be the best fight on paper. Chuck and Vandalay aren't like my favorite fighters. But man, that just that I was I was so hook, line, and sinker. And I still watch that fight every Every so often. I mean, I love it. I, I just, I think it was perfect timing. It was the first time, not the first time, but the first time I believe in me where, because, you know, boxing, they don't ever put the fights together that you want. They do it 10 years later. The UFC and Dana White and the Fertitta brothers, like when we, because Vanderlei was stranglehold and pride by the Japanese, um, the, the contracts over there. So when they finally got him in the UFC, the first thing they did was, like, you're fighting Chuck. Maybe it was slightly past Vandalay's prime. Maybe it wasn't in Japan where Vandalay was on all the sauce or whatever. But man, that that uh, that uh, that that's so good. That's so good. Favorite bet of all time, and I did not bet on that. I was not betting on fights, and I didn't start betting on fights until probably was that 2010 maybe. Michael Bisming versus Vitor Belfort in Brazil was the first card I ever bet on. I don't know what date that was. I was in Vegas. Favorite bet of all time? Oh, my gosh. I mean, every week I got a favorite bet. Every fucking week I, I hit a favorite bet. Um, I don't know if it's a favorite bet, but I have a group chat with my guys, Timbo and, and Christian, and 
about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I said Sean O'Malley will be champion one day, and they fucking laughed at me. So even though I didn't bet on it, we didn't have a bet with each other, that feels really fucking good, if I'm being honest with you. Really good to get that one right, because I think Sean is is talented. Mm. Tyler James Vizic. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right. Tyler, thank you for uh, sending a question in. How heavy are we betting on Amon against Benny? Listen, man, Kenny Floyd put his dick on the table against this guy. I think you should bet heavy. How heavy am I betting? If I'm having a really good night, I'll live bet Armand. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to go pre-flop heavy. But, yeah, Kenny put his dick on the table. I think you load up on Armand if you're out there. Um, Kenny doesn't bet against Benny a lot. Tim Mitchell. Timmy, boy. What's your all-time favorite fight? Everything, including build-up fight after that. I kind of already answered that. Sorry. I wish I would have got to your question first, Timbo. It's, it's, it's going to be... It's gonna be uh it's still gonna be Vandalay Chuck. I I don't have any other answer. There's so many fights that go I mean, I have watched them all for fucking twenty years, going on twenty years, so it's hard to answer that question, but that's the one that really truly sticks out. It's just it was iconic to me. It's everything I wanted, you know, everything I wanted when I was arguing in Sure Dog Forums back in the day. Ben Diskin. Hey, Ben Diskin. Thank you for the question. Love the podcast on YouTube as well as the Twitter feed on Fight Night. Thank your energy is awesome. Soloing with uh yeah, thank you. What's the plan to grow the pod and go full-time on handicapping? Um, thank you for the question, Ben. I would love to do this full-time. I don't know. I'm not a professional gambler. I'm not a professional handicapper. I don't know if I could survive as a professional capper. There's guys out there that are on By the way, shout out ESPN Bet. Kind of a dope app. People think I'm, I'm sponsored by DraftKings. I'm not. I work for, or I, I'm part of a podcast that's sponsored by DraftKings. They don't sponsor me, though. I am very picky about my books. I've tried them all. ESPN Bet, which used to be the old Barstool app, is kind of snappy, kind of cool. They give you a two hundred dollar deposit if you, even if you've already signed up with Barstool, use the same login for ESPN Bet, uh, deposit like ten bucks or whatever it is, and they give you two hundred dollar, four fifty dollar bets. I won all my four fifty dollar bets, so now I'm playing with ESPN Bet. So shout out that. But as far as like full time handicapping, these there's guys out there that have fucking bookies in real life with cash. They got. Um, Venmo bookies, they, you know, they got some, they got 10 different apps. They're betting thousands, thousands of dollars, uh, a hand or you know, a hand, a fight or a bet, whatever, you know, the units are enormous. So I don't know if that's for me. I would love to go full time. as kind of like maybe an on air personality, you know, whatever, kind of like what Yanni the Greek does with, with, um, the contender series, or maybe, you know, what Ian Parker, he's doing great things on, 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 uh, PFL, he comes in with some betting analysis, something like that. I think that's kind of more my lane. I don't think I'm going to be like a play-by-play commentator, or, you know, like John Anik or any of those guys. I don't know if that's in my skill set. But, uh, yeah, if I could do this full-time, I mean, that's great. I'm trying to grow the pod. Being on Anik and Florian has helped this pod tremendously. So many new listeners like you, Ben Diskin. And uh, we're just going to keep trying. I mean, I got to be consistent and, and really bring some good picks and some good energy, and I think that's that's going to be the key to success and, and maybe promote a little more. I don't, I usually just tweet out like one link and I'm done. Like, you know, if you look at Cody and the NF uh, feed and, you know, they're tweeting out links left and right. I think I need to get a little more aggressive with that, but thank you for your question. Next up, we got Josh Hainer. When is your MMA fight? John Jones odds versus uh, Aspinall minus 200. I don't mind the odds versus Aspinall minus 200. When is my MMA fight? Ooh, well, four and 40. I got three years gained 11 pounds. Not happy. Haven't been doing fucking fuck all. Um, you know, I get a lot of exercise at work. I walk a lot. I lift shit, whatever. Taking three weeks off didn't help. Gain weight even more. So I'm up 11 pounds since, you know, really the last time I weighed myself. But 2024, 
I posted on my Instagram, Brian Peach MMA, some new gloves I got from Fly. Shout out Fly. Not a sponsor, just amazing gloves. Going to get a, in a little, not a little bit, a lot of better shape in the garage. Build up there because I got a fucking, I got mats. I got the boxing robot when it works. I got a heavy bag. I got mitts. Anybody's more than welcome to come over and train. Let's get it. When is MMA fight before in 40? Uh, I got a lot of work to do, but thank you for your question, Josh. We got next up here. We got Greg, aka Rick Grime Five. Got your eyes on any rising prospects or UFC newcomers that you think are going to have a breakout year in 2024? Great question, Greg. Uh, I mean, Ian Gary. I know there's a lot of shit going on with Ian Gary, but he's fantastic. He's a little. He's not really a newcomer, but he's a rising star. Shafikov Rachmanov's amazing. Um, there's a lot of guys who are special, but I think. Ian Gary is going to have a big 2024 in the cage. I know there's a lot of shit outside the cage that people don't like, but I think he's going to have a good in the cage. I think Shavkat, you know, he's going to probably be champion at one point in his, in his UFC career. Um, you know, Tommy Aspinall would be my answer, but he's already the champion. There's a lot of guys, but really if it got in my head, I, I just think Ian Gary has something a little different and uh, we'll see. We'll see him against a grappler. That's going to answer a lot of questions because he hasn't really fought one yet. And his Neil Magny fight wasn't uh, super impressive. Next up, Deej, would you ever do a meetup and watch party of your local fans? Uh, thank you, Deej. Listen, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a nobody. You know what I mean? I like to watch fights in my home, usually on my couch with my kids running around, put them to bed. Sometimes buddies come over. Um, but yeah, of course, I would, I would love to meet anybody local, anybody ever. Um, again, I'm a nobody. So yeah, Deej, of course. You know, you name the place, buddy. We'll... Uh, We'll set it up. Absolutely. Thank you for your question. Last question on Instagram here. Mason Law. Uh, if you question you, big one, what do you think the most important base of fighting and why? Uh, good question, Mason Law. Uh, it, it's, it, I mean, it's it's wrestling. Uh, I mean, I don't come from a wrestling base. I wish I did. Quick story. Um, I got in a fight in, was it eighth grade or freshman year? One of those years. And I beat up this kid. Kicked the shit out of him, actually. And he was like the heavyweight wrestling kid on the team. He was like the heavyweight. He was like a good wrestler on the wrestling team. And so I got caught and the, and the, the guy was like, meet me in my office tomorrow morning. Right? So I meet him in the office. I'm like, whatever. I'm going to get suspended. It doesn't matter. And he goes, hey, that's the guy you beat up. The guy you tuned up. You know, he was, he, he's the best wrestler I got. And you're bigger than him. So you would, you would be, you know, probably super heavyweight or whatever it was. No, I'd probably be heavyweight. We, we probably weighed the same at that time. I was a little taller. And he goes, so I got an option for you. You join the wrestling team or I suspend you for three days. And I looked at him dead in his fucking eyes. And I said, suspension. Regret that because now, I mean, I don't think I ever would have made it as a pro fighter. I, don't, I just don't have that the, the, the work ethic, I don't think. But anyway, having a nice wrestling base would have been fucking dope. But yeah, I said no. I said no. I got suspended for three days. Mm, you know. Maybe a regret. Maybe a regret. All right, let's switch to Twitters. Um, bu -bu 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 -bu. Here we go. Twitter. Sorry if I'm going to be looking down, not on camera. Long podcast. I'm sorry, guys. Long podcast. We got it, though. I got to fit it in since I fucking didn't last week. Lazy Bones Brian. All right, here we go. Let's find it. Let's find it. Let's find it. And here we go. Wednesday take question. Here we go. Trindaddy first up. What's up, Trini? Uh, blah, blah, blah. what's your best and worst Thanksgiving food? This is a good question. I'm a picky eater. You look at me, you're like, there's no way this guy's a picky eater. I'm a picky eater. I am. I'm a picky eater. I don't like 
people talking shit about turkey, though. Everyone's like, it's Thanksgiving, you know, we make pork chops and hams and we just do Italian and ribs. That's cool, cool, cool. Turkey's fucking good, okay? And the turkey my mother-in-law made was phenomenal. Enough with the turkey hate. It's fantastic. As far as worse, I mean, the, I can do without the cranberries. Stuffing's amazing. Uh, mac and cheese, you know, that, to me, whatever. Mashed potatoes, uh, stuffing, uh, maybe some kind of uh, corn, green bean casserole a little bit. Uh, the turkey, gravy and all of it. Woo! Don't like the deviled eggs. I think those are a little overrated as well. Um, but I mean, the easy answer is cranberry. Deviled eggs second. Um, but yeah, I love, I love turkey. <laughs> my buddy, good friend of mine, was at my wedding. One of my all-time best friends, Josh. Uh, are you ready to admit that you cannot beat up AJ Green? So for the old school fans, you might remember this. This is back in the MMA Takes website days. I told my buddy, and this was six years, no, four or five years ago, probably four years ago. I told my buddy I can beat anybody up in a fight or in an MMA fight that's under 200 pounds, that's not a fighter, right? If you're not a boxer, you're not an MMA fighter, if you're under 200 pounds, professional athlete or not, I could fuck you up. And he brought up AJ Green weighs like 195. You beating up AJ Green. This is when he was on the Bengals. I said, I'm fucking AJ Green up. We argued for fucking days. And I wrote an article about it or a blog, whatever you want to say, like tongue in cheek or whatever. He literally posted a video right after we arguing of him hitting mitts. And it was sloppy as shit. I would fuck AJ Green up. I am 11 pounds bigger than I normally should. The fattest I've ever been. I am completely out of shape. I'm 37, and I would get off this chair right now and walk outside and fuck AJ Green up. The answer is yes, Josh. Fucking him up. What is the status of the damage tattoo by Scott G? Uh, hopefully not going to happen because my wife my wife does not put her foot down a lot. She said, I don't want you getting that thing. Anything else but that thing. So I don't think that's going to happen. Skyline Chili, thumbs up or down? How are we ordering it? Uh, thumbs up, seven thumbs up. On Skyline Chili, there's no right, wrong way to order it. I'm not a hot dog guy. Again, back to the pick eater. So if you go Coney's, I get Coney, heavy chili, cheese, bun. Um, three ways are great. You know, four ways are good with beans. I'm not a huge onion guy, so I stay away from the onions. There's no wrong way to order Skyline Chili, man. It's all fucking good. Best food in the world. Uh, bologna sandwich, biggest gambling win of your life, biggest gambling loss. If you don't want to say it, tell us in the game, fight was blah blah. So I have a couple big wins, a couple parlays I've cashed that close to the $1,700 range. I think the biggest, if I if I really sat down and thought about it, was probably like eight, like I think it was eighteen hundred and like ninety-five dollars or something like that. Awful parlay, phenomenal. The biggest loss um was was six hundred dollars on Izzy over. Year, uh, not year, excuse me, Jan Blahovich. That was my biggest loss. Lost $600. Easy. Second biggest was probably Crute. Third biggest was Connor over Poirier 2. That was like a $280 bet, I think. Maybe close to $300. I have the ticket up there. I could probably dig it out. But uh, yeah, those ones hurt. Those ones hurt. Um, but yeah, the biggest win has just been been parlays. I've hit a couple. Like So the biggest bet, so I've uh, the biggest second biggest bet I ever did was Brendan Allen. $500. It was kind of a stupid bet. It, I was so guaranteed he was going to win. He was a minus 410 when I got him. So I only won 90 bucks. That's a free 90 bucks. But I had doubled up 500 a few times, you know, uh, or, or, or maybe like 
hit a 400 plus whatever. Um, but yeah, usually it's um, it's the parlays that get me there. Uh, 1895, I believe, not 18,000. 1895 is is probably my biggest bet, biggest loss, 600 over fucking Jan Blahovich. Brad Long, what was the fight that got you in MMA? Um, so it, it, I had the UFC hit. There's a there's a let me see let me see. I'm not even looking at myself on camera. So there's a tape. It's right. Where is it? At? There it is, right there. See it? This thing right here. That's a tape I got at Blockbuster, right? Because I saw the early UFCs. I didn't like them. I went back to liking WWE. I started hearing buzz about the UFC again, right? And it's starting to have more rules. So I bought that tape at Blockbuster, VHS, how old I am, for five bucks. And I took it home, and Tito Ortiz had this big war with Frank or Ken Shamrock in the Lions Den. And I said, holy shit. And I didn't know Ken Shamrock, who wasn't, who was in the earlier UFCs, but also in wrestling. I know he had a brother, Frank. So I ordered UFC 22 where Frank Shamrock beat Tito Ortiz. I was like, holy shit. And right when I ordered that, I started kind of catching up on all the things I missed. Then UFC 40 was right around the corner. And that was Tito Ortiz versus uh, Ken Shamrock, UFC 40. Uh, And that was the first paper I ever ordered. And then coincidentally enough, a teacher in my high school, Rich Franklin, who was not, he wasn't my teacher. He taught in my high school. Um, he was fighting. He fought at USC 41 or 42. Can't remember against Evan Tanner. So it all spiraled. And then I haven't looked back. I haven't fucking looked back. So the answer is probably, <clears throat> I guess you can either credit that tape, credit Tito Frank or Tito Ken is probably what really launched me. And then I went down a war path of, of finding out what pride was and all this Good shit. Um, what was the fight you got? Okay, Dream Blunt Rotation, Bless is Best. I don't smoke weed. Uh, so I guess, I mean, listen, I'd be in the rotation. I just wouldn't smoke. Um, give me Anik. Give me Matt Steamroller Favola. It'd be Anik, Favola, me. Give me Longo. Give me Rogan. And then give me Elon Musk. Because, you know, him smoking on Rogan or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. That's it. I would I would pa- I would just pass. Not pop pop pass. I just pass. I don't smoke. But uh and new uh who would you rather see Aljo face at 145 next cater or straight to Max? Max. Um he's a big enough name to to kind of skip over cater and get Max. Don't know how that fight goes for Aljo, but uh yeah, right to Max. What is your early pick for winner of Terman versus Gooden? Good question, Supreme Mo. Already picked it. Night Train, that's N I T E uh is, is going to get that done. How many Dialects, well, John Hennig think everyone should know by 2040, all of them. You better fucking know all of them. The guy's the best at what he does. Assuming the next fight for Islam is Charles, what does a win do for each of their legacy? Does a win over Islam put Charles as the number one lightweight GOAT? I think Charles is still a little bit ways of the number one lightweight GOAT. I realize a lot of people love him. There's a lot of fanfare, but there's a lot of ugly losses and some weird things in there, and I just, I truly don't think he's ever going to get past Islam. So, I don't know. Your thoughts on Brendan Allen's title chances? Really good. Really good. Uh, at first, it wasn't good. Now it's good. Really good with uh, Brendan Allen's chances. That's it. That's the questions. We're running long. Ele- hour 11. Woo! I've been talking for that long. Sweating. Had to get it in. You guys asked the questions. I answered. Sorry for being lazy. Sorry for all that. Again, picks are fun. We got three more to end the year. We're going to do an award show this year. The MMA Takes Awards. Hand out awards for uh, different categories and, and whatnot and have some fun with that. Uh, yeah, three more fights of the year. That's that's depressing. I think we have like a month off, right? It's like Christmas, New Year's, 
And then like two weeks in, is that what it is? Two weeks in January? Because we had like a month off before we get fights from uh, after December 16th. So that's a little depressing. Let's not think about it. Let's not think about it. Let's have a good week. Let's win some money. Let's fucking go, baby. Let's make some mix with our man Brian Perfect week for Brian Petrie yet again. Motherfuckers. Let's make some mix with our man Brian Petrie.